Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, so good to have all of you with us this morning as we're coming to the end of a conversation that we've been having about our not-so-United States of America. And though this title in this season could sound a little bit political, this is not a political series. But whatever is happening in our, or whenever what is happening in our country, it intersects with what Jesus said when something is happening culturally or politically and intersects with what Jesus said, then we as followers of Jesus Christ, I believe we just have this responsibility to address it. So let me just kind of give you a quick review of what we've said so far in these past two weeks. In week one, we talked about why our country is very diverse and there are a lot of things that we don't agree, agree on. I think there is one thing that we can agree on and that is this. What's best for people is what's best. And in week one of this conversation, we learned that one of the things that's best for us as pe or what is best for people is for us to stop trying to make a point and instead do whatever it takes to make a difference. And one of the ways that you do that is you be quick to listen, you be slow to speak and slow to get angry. And we learned that from James, who was a half brother of Jesus. And here's, here's kind of how we said you go practice this. You, you learn from people who are different from you. You sit across the table and you see life from their point of view. As we said, being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, it, be, it has become a lost art in America. And the reality is we said, you need to go out and live this out if we're ever going to have a United States of America. And then last week, we looked at more closely how Jesus spent his time on earth breaking barriers and building bridges. He broke cultural barriers and he broke race barriers. In fact, the level of dignity and value that Jesus demonstrated toward those that were different to him, it was revolutionary. And here's the thing. We learned last week as his followers, we are called to break barriers and to build bridges. In fact, to love like Jesus means we listen, we befriend, we care for, and we defend. We defend those who are different than us. Now, some of you, you, you've been agreeing with everything that we've said for the last week, and maybe this is your first week that you've joined us and you're agreeing with everything that I'm saying, but still you're thinking in your mind. But the problem is, it's those people. It's those Republicans, it's those Democrats, it's those white people, it's those black people, it's those Hispanic people, it's those people, whatever group of people that's in your mind. And see, our culture's answer to injustice, it's always to blame another group of people. Like pointing the finger and, become, and pointing blame has just become the national pastime. And, and that's an easy thing to do. It's an easy answer, but it oversimplifies everything and it doesn't really change anything. Because if you really stop and think about it, blame doesn't change anything about how a person thinks or behaves. Like nobody changes their political opinion because of some kind of Facebook rant. People only change when they see change modeled well for them. In fact, here's what I have learned. And this is kind of embarrassing to admit. But I have participated in every bad decision I have ever made. 
All the bad career decisions, all the bad leadership decisions, all the bad financial decisions, all the bad parenting and relationship kind of decisions. I'm the one who talked myself out of exercising and into eating more food. I'm the one who talked myself out of apologizing and instead holding a grudge. I'm the one who talks myself out of humility and into arrogance. All the bad purchases, all the arguments, all the gossip and criticizing decisions, I was there for all of them. In fact, I am the only common denominator in every bad decision I have ever made. You know, while that's hard to admit, part of the reason I'm willing to admit it is because you are in the same boat as me. See, you have participated in every bad decision you have ever made. Matter of fact, you are most likely the mastermind behind your greatest regrets. That's why if we're honest, we'd have to admit that changing Washington, D.C., it's not actually your greatest challenge. Changing those Americans who just don't get it, those people, that really isn't our greatest challenge. Changing those policies we don't like, that isn't our greatest challenge. See, our greatest challenge is to change the person in the mirror. My greatest challenge is the American I see in the mirror every morning when I get up. Your greatest challenge is the American that you see in the mirror every morning. Now, that's not easy to hear, and it's not even fun to admit, but, but if we want a more United States of America, it begins, don't miss this, it begins with taking a harder look and doing a better job of leading the person that you look at every day in the mirror. And I'm just going to tell you, that's not going to happen by accident. It takes an intentional plan. And I believe one of the best plans I've ever come across is what the Apostle Paul put in a letter that he wrote to some Christ followers nearly 2,000 years ago. Now, the Apostle Paul, this is kind of what makes his whole story unique, is at one time he was a leading opponent against Christians. In fact, he blamed those people. He, he blamed the followers of Jesus for watering down the Jewish faith, for causing tension between the Jews and the Roman government and creating division all through the nation. In fact, he blamed them so much. He blamed Christians so much that he hunted them down and killed Christians before he came face to face with himself and what he was doing. The result of that was he became a Christ follower. And from that moment on, he spent his life promoting unity by talking about and modeling the change that Jesus had made in his life. So in Galatians chapter five, here's what he writes to help us begin to lead that person in the mirror better, to bring about change in our country by starting with the American in the mirror. Here's what he says, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now, the apostle Paul here in this statement, he's echoing one of Jesus' most famous statements where Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. 
See, the truth, it really does make you free. So when you think about if the truth is what really makes you free, the only way to lead yourself is to start by being honest with yourself. Don't miss that. If the truth really does make you free, the only way to lead yourself is to start by being honest with yourself. So you need to be honest about where do you need to grow? Honest about what needs to change in your life. Honest about why you do what you do. And the reason that's important is because the opposite is true as well. See, the truth will make you free, but dishonesty, it will imprison you. In fact, the person who refuses to be honest with himself, what they do is they end up locked in a prison of their own making, and, and then they'll blame other people for it. And what the prison is, it's the prison of their weaknesses and their flaws and their limitations. But it's of their own making because they won't address them. So people who ignore, who avoid the unfiltered truth about what really is going on in their life are people that don't grow. And what happens is because they're not growing, they're destined to repeat the mistakes of their past in their future. And what they do is they continue to dodge, take personal responsibility for their own lives, and they blame those people. And the Apostle Paul says, hey, God called you to be free. But that freedom, it starts with being honest with yourself. But I want you to understand something. While that freedom starts with being honest with yourself, freedom is not the end goal. Notice what the end goal is. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in the next part of the verse. He says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, here's what you're to use your freedom for. Serve one another humbly in love. For the entire is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So what's the point of leading yourself well? What, what's the point of being set free? What's the point of your freedom? It's not to benefit you. It's to benefit the person beside you. Basically what the apostle Paul says, you are responsible to lead yourself well because of how the people around you will benefit when you lead yourself well. So what he's saying is this, while you are free from some of the weaknesses and some of the sins holding you back that used to hold you back, he says, now what I want you to do is I want you to use that freedom. I want you to use it to serve one another humbly in love. Because Jesus basically commanded us to love one another as he loved us. Now, here's what's so interesting, and here's what's so important about this call to serve one another humbly in love. Don't miss this. You might want to write it down so you can remember. Serving one another, don't miss this. This is so important. Serving one another creates unity with one another. You have a person that you have a problem with. You have a person that you're an enemy with. If you want to break that down from being an enemy to being a friend, you start serving them because serving one another, it creates unity with one another. Because see, it's hard for somebody to dislike 
somebody who is serving them humbly in love. So what that means, if you want your family, if you want your workplace, if you want your team, if you want your community, if you want our country to be more united, this is how we do it. You serve one another in love. And specifically, the application this season is you serve the people who are different from you. You you serve the people in the other political party. You serve the people on the other side of the issue or on the other side of the table because serving unites. It's hard to dislike someone who serves you humbly in love. But self-promoting, self-centeredness, making it all about me, having, saying, demanding freedom so I can indulge myself, it just creates more division. And here's the reality. We, we have a not-so-United States of America right now because we are not using our freedom to serve one another humbly in love. In fact, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul he warns us that refusing to serve others, what it leads to. He, he says, refusing to serve others in love, it leads to exactly what we're experiencing right now in our country. No, notice what happens when you make it about being served and indulging your flesh instead of serving others in love. Verse 15, he says, but if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And here's the thing. We don't even have to explain right now why this is true. We see it happening all around us. So we all have a choice. Well, what we can do is we can continue to bite and devour each other. We can continue to blame and criticize and attack the other people. That's what he's saying. You can continue to criticize and, and say it's their fault. It's those people, those other people. And what we'll do is we'll continue to create division. We can keep making our points and arguing that we're right and shouting at the other side. And, and basically what we'll do is we'll widen the division. Or, or we can decide to lead the person in the mirror. See, we can decide that I'm going to develop the kind of character in me that is quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. See, we can practice humbly serving people with whom we differ and have disagreements. And you know what? That's when we'll start beginning to make a difference in our country. So let's just make this really, really practical when it comes to leading ourselves because we want to challenge you to make three decisions that are going to help you lead yourself well so that you're not using your freedom to indulge yourself, to bite and devour other people, but you are using your freedom in order to humbly serve one another and love. And I'm just going to tell you, these three decisions are not easy, but they're life-changing for you and the people around you. And dads, I don't want you to think I've forgotten about you. If you kind of checked out going, oh, he's not really talking to me as a dad. Well, this is your chance to pay attention again, because as fathers, see, you can use your freedom to create trouble and pain and division in your family because it's all about you. Or you can decide to use your freedom to humbly love and serve 
and unite, and unite your family. In fact, the Apostle Paul, he, he just says, Here, here's, here's the model of leadership. So dads, I want to challenge you to be the model for your family of what brings unity, not just for your family, because I think this is where it starts. It starts in our family and then it goes out in our communities and then from our communities to our state and from our state into our country. So here's the first decision that we all need to make if we're going to lead ourselves well so that we use our freedom to humbly serve one another in love. Decision number one. I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. Now, here's the thing. Nobody in our culture talks about this anymore. But do you know there are things that are worse than feeling bad about yourself? Some of you might be sitting there going, well, what's worse than feeling bad about yourself? I can tell you what's worse than feeling bad about yourself. Hanging on to what's bad about yourself because you won't be honest enough to admit what's bad about yourself. The truth is, feeling bad about yourself is actually kind of a good thing if it motivates you to change what's bad about yourself. See, what you're not changing, you're choosing. So if you're not changing a bad habit or a bad attitude or a bad behavior in your life, you're choosing the outcome of that habit or that behavior or that attitude. So effective self-leadership, it requires you to be brutally honest with yourself because here's why, you can't lead a liar. It is impossible to lead a liar. You have to fire a liar. So you should fire the liar that's in you because we all have that liar in ourselves and we want to ignore what's really going on. And you need to hire a brutally honest truth teller. So, so how do you make sure that you're telling yourself the truth? Well, here's this little simple practice that I think will help you. See, whenever you have a decision or whenever you have a moment in your life where, where you know that you're tempted to lie to yourself, just hit the pause button and ask yourself this question. Why do I want to do this? Why, why do I want to eat this? Why do I want to postpone this? Why do I want to buy this? Why do I want to wear this? Why do I want to go there? Why do I want them to know this? Why am I avoiding them? And then add this word, really. Why do I want to do this really? Because this question right here, it is going to force you to be brutally honest with yourself about your own motives, your own flaws, your own choices. And then once you know the truth, then you can choose the action that is going to set you free. You can make wise choices. So decision number one is, I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. Instead, I will use feeling bad about myself as a challenge or a motivation to ask this question, why do I really, or why do I want to do this really? That leads us to decision number two. I will prioritize what I want most over what I want now. Now, why is this decision so important? Because what you want most is rarely what you want now. Now, this decision, it implies that you know what you value most. 
So part of self-leadership is determining what you value most. And here's the reality. Most people don't figure this out till about the end of their life. But wise people, they figure out what they want most early on in their life. They spend time discovering what they want most in their life, the outcomes that they ultimately want. And then they lead themselves toward that for the rest of their lives. Now, here's the twist to this. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then you are responsible by definition as a follower of Jesus Christ to value most what the one that you are following values the most. So here's what Jesus says you should value. Love one another the way I have loved you. See, Jesus taught what we should value most is people and to love them the way that he loved them. And when you really think about it, the way that Jesus loved, it was the greatest level of sacrifice that you could ever, ever imagine. And that's what he's calling us to do. He's saying, I want you to sacrifice indulge, using your freedom to indulge yourself. Instead, I want you to love one another the way that I have loved you. Use your freedom to serve, humbly serve one another in love. Besides, think about it. When you get to the end of your life, will, will you be happier at the end of your life going, I was right, I made my point? Or will you be happier surrounded by people that you loved? Like, see, we all want people to stand around at our funeral and say, we saw the love of God flowing through that person. That person helped me understand God so much better because they were so loving. Listen, when it's all said and done, isn't that the kind of life that you want, that you value the most? The problem is when we get caught up in the moment, when we get caught up in crisis, when we get caught up in times of change and things aren't going well, the problem is it's just what you want now is usually not what you want the most. So what we want in the moment when we're in moments of change or crisis is, is something that's self-gratifying, something that's easy. But I'm telling you folks, the value of a life is never measured by what we get in the moment. It's measured by how much of it we give away by humbly serving others in love. And that leads us to decision number three, and that is this. And I think this is probably the biggest one in this season, and that is I will not attempt to lead myself by myself. See, you can't lead yourself by yourself. You need the help and you need the support of some other people who, and I'm telling you, this is so key, who value what you value the most. In fact, if there's anything I think we've learned in these past three months, it is this. When we are isolated from people who value what we value the most, when we don't have people around us who are encouraging us, who are asking us, who are keeping us focused on where we're going, who are reminding us to love as Jesus loved, what happens is, and I've had so many of you tell me this, we begin to drift away from following God. Some of you have said, I haven't spent any time with God. I haven't spent any time serving other people in weeks. I haven't really focused on God. I've been so caught up in this mess. See, when we start... Being isolated, we start drifting. And what happens is we become closed off and we become self-focused and we stop growing. You need people who value what you value 
to help you lead yourself. Now, here's what I know. I've had so many parents, and because this is Father's Day, I, I feel like we need to address this. I've had so many parents who are going, I, I just don't know what the future of my children are going to be. Well, here's the thing. We have the opportunity to hand to the next generation a, a nation that is united and stronger. And some of you are sitting going, man, Paul, you're, you're dreaming. It can happen. It happened in the first century where Christianity, I mean, turned the Roman culture upside down because they humbly served and loved. But here's the thing. For that to happen, for us to hand to the next generation, a nation that is united and stronger, it's going to require us to take a good look at ourselves and make some personal changes. It's going to take us leading ourselves so that we can create a more united states of America because we are so focused on Jesus that we're using our freedom to humbly serve one another in love. It's going to take us falling on our face before God and humbling ourselves before him and allowing him to show us the, the brutal truth about our flaws and our weaknesses and our limitations so that we can continue to grow and then model what it looks like to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. See, it's going to take us following Jesus so closely that we will be able to model for our children what it looks like to sit down and see life from another person's point of view and learn from those that are different from us. It's going to take us listening and befriending and caring for and defending those who don't maybe have the influence that you might have. And it's going to take us following Jesus and modeling what Jesus has called us to do, to love one another the way that he's loved us. If we're going to teach the next generation how to lead themselves and do th these things on their own when we hand the baton off. See, the future of our nation, the, the kind of nation we, we hand off to the next generation, it really depends on what we do with what the Apostle Paul said. We can either choose to humbly or use our freedom to humbly serve one another in love, or, or we can just go down this path and we can just keep being lame by blaming. He says, you keep biting and devouring one another. You beware because you're absolutely going to destroy it for everybody else. So here's my challenge to you. Let's start addressing the challenges in America by first addressing our biggest challenge, Leading the American in the mirror. See, our church and our community and our nation, the next generation, man, they're depending on the decision we make about this. And if you're a parent, you have some small faces who look in a small mirror that are depending directly on you. So let's decide today. I will not lie to myself even when the truth makes me feel bad about myself. And I will prioritize what I value most over what I want now. And I will not attempt to lead myself by myself. Because the reality is, folks, we can't change our country. We can't influence those people. We can't be united until we lead the American in the mirror. Until we lead them well enough to use our freedom to humbly serve one another in love instead of biting and devouring, criticizing and blaming. Will you lead that person that you look at in the mirror every morning? I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we have a great challenge in front of us. 
It's a challenge of leading ourselves. God is so much easier to blame, to blame others rather than intently looking in the mirror of God's word, your word to us, and seeing our limitations, our flaws, the areas we need to grow, what we need to change, what we need to focus on and deal with so that we can truly begin to use our freedoms and get up every day to use our freedom, not to indulge ourselves, but to humbly serve one another in love. God, this morning, we just ask you to forgive us. Forgive us as followers of Jesus who have blamed all those people, whoever those people are in our minds. Instead, help us begin to look into the mirror of your word every day and allow your Holy Spirit to begin to do a transforming work until we are modeling, loving others the way that you've loved us. It's a huge challenge. We need your help. Thank you for the power of your spirit that is with us each and every day to help us do this. God, I thank you for the incredible opportunity that we have in front of us to hand off to the next generation, a nation that is more united than we're experiencing or more united than we've ever experienced. But God, help us to realize today, beginning today, and then remembering tomorrow and the days to come, it starts with looking at the miracle in the mirror first. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this series. Hey, we are tentatively planning on opening next Sunday. We will give you the final word on that Monday or Tuesday. So be looking for any email or video that I'm going to send out. Um, love to see you. Have a great week.